God's family. We hear that term a whole lot. But today we want to make certain that we take time to ask God to help us fully appreciate that. And never want to be apart from being in that family. Do you find your family's background interesting? Someone asks you, oh, tell me, where did your mother come from? Or where was your father born? Here in Winnipeg, small town, somewhere else in the province. Hey, let's go back one more generation to your grandparents. Were they even born in this country? Or were they born in another? It can lead to some fascinating conversations. And most of us would like to say, yeah, our family background is a little interesting. It is. I'm a first-generation Canadian. My dad came from Romania. Now, he didn't come directly to Canada. His first voyage across the Atlantic brought him to Ellis Island, and he wasn't even four when he saw the Statue of Liberty for the first time. Moved to Chicago, the Windy City, at the time of that famous gangster Al Capone during the 1920s in Prohibition. And my dad said, I was just eight or nine years old, and first thing in the morning, young boys hit the street with the papers in their hands yelling, extra, extra. And there's another gang-style murder that took place. And I imagine if you had the chance to, you just love to say, wait a second, what about my story? Family history, that's our focus. And one thing so important to remember is that it's Jesus who is born into a real family. And all those names, generation after generation, that we just counted, all are tied to Jesus. Now, it's through his love and forgiveness that he takes our families and our homes and our families and he restores them. He, he came so that he could become part of a brand new family and invite us into that family. His father's our father. His Holy Spirit is our Holy Spirit. And God just takes us in his embrace and says, you're my child. What a generation and list to go through for Jesus' own genealogy. And you might recognize a lot of those names. Of course, there's Abraham and Isaac and, and Jacob and Jesus. He was just a young boy, and Mary's mom would tell stories about the family and say, Jesus, you know that King David is related to you? You're part of his family? Now that helped answer the question about why Jesus was born in Bethlehem and not in Nazareth where the family lived. Well, you know that story. There's Mary expecting, and she accompanies Joseph to the city of David where they could register. And at that time, Jesus was born. And we went through a whole lot of names that are sometimes hard to pronounce in Jesus' background and history. 
So have you traced your family tree? Have you gone to Ancestry.com, asked your mom, dad, your grandma, grandfather, a little bit about their story and where they came from? Now, I don't want anyone being shocked, but tracing your background means one thing. Did you trace it back to Jesus and of Jesus to his father? Baptism. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs, according to the promise. So appreciate that today. Regardless of your family's background, place of birth, how many languages you spoke. One family in Jesus. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Father of us all who's in all and through all. That's quite a family to be adopted into. And Christ did that. Why he was born, why he came to be a baby, why that life that entered this world was meant to be that one and for all sacrifice on the cross. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the time had fully come, God sent a son born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who cries out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, a child. And since you are a son, God has made you an heir. Now that can't leave any doubt in your mind of who you are. That's still a pretty bold statement to make. You know, that God could look at you and me and, and actually want to accept us into his family. But if you need some proof, just keep going through the long list of names embedded in Jesus' family. And there's Rahab. And her name sticks out. She was a prostitute in Jericho. Now, I know some writers have been nice enough to say, well, you know, that term prostitute might mean just being an innkeeper, taking guests in for the night. But let's stick with the more common usage and exchange for sex for money. A business that could have developed on the side of owning a place of rest. And we don't know Rahab's circumstances or whether she was desperate, forced into that business, how she got started in one of the oldest known professions. 
but no approval is given from God at all. You shall not commit adultery. One man, one woman, one lifetime together. And yet, there's Rahab's name in Jesus' genealogy. In Joshua chapter 2. At this point, Joshua has taken over Moses' place as leader of the Israelites. Right on the verge of the promised land where they had been before. But they had spent a long 40 years wandering in the desert. Complaining, being taught through hard lessons when they didn't listen to God. And now they were there again. It was Joshua who was sending the spies into the fortified city. His two spies secretly entered Jericho, end up at the home of Rahab. And that's what we heard earlier. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, True, the men had come to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I did not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as pursuers had gone out. Man, Rahab thought quickly, give her credit. Roofs were where flax was laid out to dry, so it was a perfect cover. And she created a distraction, and off the men of the king rushed. Now, talking about families, I'm grateful that my twin sister Elizabeth, back in Ontario, you know, she collected a whole lot of valuable documents from my parents. And it was after my mom and dad had died she made some copies, but she wrote with a dark marker, and, and I'll quote, because I made a copy, personal, private, family records for personal use only, not to be distributed, including the internet. But she did say thank you on the bottom. <laughs> Why was she so worried about? Well, my mom was a refugee in Austria during the Second World War. She was 16, 17 years old when she came over as an immigrant and worked in Winnipeg, of all places, cleaning houses. If someone saw a background like that, maybe they kind of looked down at our family. You know, maybe they might make fun of us. Isn't that true your family, though? Families have problems. Might include, you know, it's those prescription drugs that aren't used 
exactly as the doctor prescribes. It's too many trips to the liquor mart. It's a case where, you know what? They used to be married, but all of a sudden, someone was unfaithful to a spouse, and the marriage collapsed. Appearances in provincial courts, financial crisis, just because someone was misspending money foolishly. Families remember having spoken to each other in years. Look, if they're going to come to that wedding or to that funeral, you know I'm not going to be there. I don't want anything to do with them. You see, the problem with my family and with your family is that I'm a part of my family and you're a part of yours. And we hide all the shameful things from the past. And it still hurts when we think about it. And there are some nights that we don't even get a whole lot of sleep. It's on our mind. And we're ashamed. I would never have done that. We lie to those in our family. How about an answer? What's going to pull the family together and keep it together? One thing, trusting God, who only wants the best for your family. Rahab took a very bold step of faith, and she made a confession that night to the two Israelite spies that were hiding on her roof. And the wonderful thing, she recalled to them exactly what she'd heard about all that God had done from parting the waters of the Red Sea, bringing them out of Egypt, conquering the Amorites. And she said to them, For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Rahab recognized there's only one authentic God, a true living God who could do powerful things for his own people. She turned and trusted the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And her heart turned away from those fake tiny statue gods that the Canaanites worshipped. And no more prostitution. She tied that red cord on her window. And on the day that Jericho fell to the Israelites, everyone inside that home of hers was saved. And Joshua gave the instructions. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers and sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family, put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. There is that past that is filled with mistakes. And there are regrets that you live over and over again. But it's Jesus' own pure and innocent blood that stained those wooden beams on that cross that removes all the shame and all the guilt. And Jesus' blood clears the past away. 
and that record is clean before God. And with Jesus rising again to life and returning to his Father, you can be certain that you belong to his family. So you don't have to hide from your shame. You don't have to live behind fortified walls, separated from God's love. Because God breaks down those barriers of sin, just like the walls of Jericho. He leaves them in a rubble. Memorize this verse from 1 John chapter 3. See what, love, see what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God and so we are. So now look up that family tree of yours. Do all the research that you need to do and make certain that you know that Jesus is in your family tree. Amen.